ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the series Greek episode by episode. Today we're recapping season one, episode seven, Multiple Choices. Uh, It aired August 19th, 2007. And the IMDb summary is Rusty considers cheating to make it through demanding midterms. And Cappy secretly gets himself paired with Casey on a project. So the episode was directed by Michael Lang, who I don't know if we've seen direct an episode yet, but he directed one of my favorite shows of all times. He directed a couple episodes of Northern Exposure, Hidden Gem, if you guys have not seen it. Definitely, you can't find it on streaming, but track it down somewhere. It's excellent. Well, the reason they can't put it on streaming is because the music was so good that they can't get the rights to it. I've talked to Aaron about this ad nauseum before, but anyway, (laughs) I saw that and I was like, I have to bring this up again. Um, And then the episode was written by Patrick Sean Smith and Michael Burns. Nice. So the episode begins with a slow zoom into Dobblers. And it's basically introducing that this is midterms week. Um, so it's a three day countdown to the end of midterms, which is kind of funny. Like, I feel like midterms, I mean, at least for me, like they weren't that big of a deal in college. And they're also spread out. Yeah. It's not like finals week where you, like your schedule changes and like you have time dedicated to each final, like midterms. Yeah. We're spread throughout like a couple of weeks. I would have some classes wouldn't have a midterm. Some classes would like have a midterm, you know, the second week of school. Like it was really dependent on the class, but. But you know what? None of us went to school in Ohio. Yeah. None of us went to CRU. So. <laughs> yeah. At CRU, everybody um, has midterms at the exact same time. And on the day this episode <laughs> begins, there are three days left. So we start in the library and Evan is teaching Calvin the ways of a trust fund child. This scene is completely ridiculous. They're like going through an economics review and he's basically saying like, just ignore the parts about poor people. Yeah. Um, Because the teacher is like elitist and doesn't care about poor people. Yeah, and he calls chapters 10 through 13 the homeless pages. Yeah. Ignore them. He says, quote, close your eyes and pretend they're not even there. Which part of me is like, oh, is this like a writer kind of being like a social comment? Maybe it was so strange and also strangely unnecessary to the rest of the book. We never revisit this. It's not I this is one of those things like where I wonder if there was deleted scenes of like Calvin and Evan studying more because like it started this narrative of them studying for this econ like midterm that like obviously Evan has taken before and then we never see it again we don't hear about it we don't even see Calvin in this episode really except for like with Ashley although you know what maybe it's kind of establishing the differences between the way the Omega Chi's help each other versus Mm -hmm. the way the Capitals help each other which we'll see that's very in true. the next that's very, shot. That's very true. totally. Yeah, it is interesting too because I feel like in the last couple of episodes we've seen Evan maybe go through a little bit of what seemed like a transformation, and then this is like, wait, did we just uh, backtrack here? It's very stop and go. 
Evans. <laughs> as the professor, like what the professor's looking for. I don't know. It was so weird. Yeah. So we we then cut to Capital, which is a very com- like different study session vibe. Um, basically, they're going through all these filing bins. Um, and they're just looking through old midterms, which Cappy refers to as study aids. And filing. <laughs> yeah, they're just like filing them. And Cappy basically says that the professors are in on this. He's like, they recycle their tests every five years. He's telling this to Rusty. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. Rusty walks into all of this and is like, what, what's going on? Yeah, and he, Rusty's like, wait, people, you guys are cheating? And Cappy's like, no, um, the professors, they want us to do this. That's why they give us the same tests, um, you know, every five years or so. It's solidarity between the professors and the students. Such a strange Uh, take. They make a lot, there's a lot of um, commentary on academia in this episode. (laughs) that I'm not so sure holds up some does some doesn't we'll we'll get to more of it later but it's definitely something to keep an eye out yeah and this is another parallel to I know we talked about that one episode um sex lives of college girls Mm -hmm. like the same exact thing happens in in that show so I want to get like a writer on from the show like were you inspired by Greek because there are a lot of parallels like it's kind of just they replaced the cast with all women <laughs> it is very similar yeah um yeah but- wait especially this season mm-hmm. well we'll see with season two sex lives of college girls yeah. <laughs> if it's a carbon copy <laughs> maybe we'll review one day um when we have a patreon mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know they're talking about recycling all these tests and you know rusty at the moment is very against it um, but Jen K shows up and she wants to have dinner with Rusty to celebrate their two week anniversary, which is <laughs> coming up. And I believe this is when Rusty chooses to go to dinner instead of his physics right. review session. But he says it's optional. Or like he says it's optional. I already know all the information, like the back of my hand, like he feels pretty confident. He's like, we're good. We've been dating 11 days. It's go time. He feels pretty confident and like he's just been kind of looking down on Cappy's whole take on midterms and he couldn't cheat if he wanted to because Cappy opens the polymer science filing cabinet and there's nothing in it. There's like a prop (laughs) skull and nothing else. So even if he like wanted to cheat, he couldn't. And besides that, yeah, he seems pretty confident with what he knows right now. He's like, oh no, I can go to dinner it's just a practice session or it's just a review session that's optional. Yeah, not long ago, Rusty was comparing himself to Einstein. So I think (laughs) you could say he's uh, fairly confident going into this. Um, Also two week anniversary. Like I know it's like they're new to this relationship, but that's ridiculous. It's cringe. (laughs) You're so annoying. It's giving ick. <laughs> and the KTs also feel the same way because they all moan when Rusty and Jen kiss, which we get the idea that they're just doing this a lot in the past 11 days in front of everybody. <laughs> their like playground relationship. PDA. Do you know how annoying you have to be 11 days into a re- relationship for everyone to already be sick of hearing about it? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it usually takes at least three weeks to fully like tap out. Well, 
I mean, we are talking about Rusty Cartwright, who fully commits to every bit. So exactly, <laughs> all in or all out with him. It's also wild that like in the last episode, like they were probably only dating for what, like a week. And he was sending photos with like an I miss you poster. Rusty. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like kind of <laughs> cute in a way. He, Rusty has such a sweet smile. I feel like every time he smiles, like an angel gets its wings. <laughs> Um, oh my god all right so in the next scene we are in the library and ashley's talking to franny and casey about how travis is coming in town soon um Um, also i want to just um dip in here quickly i have been calling him brandon (laughs) for (laughs) every other episode it's a real heath keith situation but less understandable so sorry for that. I um, just wanted to issue a public apology. Travis, not Brandon. <laughs> he looks like a Brandon. He really does. Well, yeah. we don't see him yet. I think this is where we established too that Rebecca is just not in the episode because she's getting a grapeseed rice sugar rub because her dad sent her to some sort of spa for midterms. Franny mentioned something about it. I didn't even realize she wasn't in this episode. (laughs) Didn't miss her. But also we already get a taste of kind of Brandon's weird, Travis, sorry, (laughs) Travis's (laughs) Travis's kind of like weird dynamic because Ashley's saying he's flying in and Franny is like, well, doesn't he know that you might still have midterms? And she says, yeah, that's why he volunteered to tutor people if they're still in midterms, which is just a weird thing. It never comes back up again. Like he's never actually tutoring somebody, but what it, she's like, yeah, that's why he's offering to tutor people as if that's an appropriate response. No, that's so Travis. <laughs> that's from another, so Travis. Cause he like goes to an Ivy league and he's probably like, I'm way smarter than everyone here. But it's hardly an Ivy League, as Franny later points out. It's brown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's just brown. Um, but then Evan pulls Casey into the stacks. And he kind of, like, leads as though he's going to break up with her. Mm-hmm. And she's starting to get this really disappointed look in her eyes. Um, this is also he says kind of we a- both deserve better. Yeah, and it's kind of like almost a callback to his like weird sense of humor in the last episode where he oh just like, loves to like really <laughs> fake out people. Yeah, he's really into fake outs. Um, but then he lavaliers her, which is like, I guess he shows her his letters or he's going to like pin the letters on her. So lavaliering is different than pinning. <laughs> it's the first step, Thomas. It's, it's the first step, Thomas. It's what? a necklace. You wear a necklace with the person's letter. It means nothing. It's just like, I don't. I remember, I remember this episode watching it in 2007. And I remember thinking like, that was like a cold, huge cultural thing in colleges. Like thinking like, oh my gosh, lava leering. Like I thought about it for years (laughs) in anticipation (laughs) of going to college. Lava leering. I haven't heard, I haven't heard about it since, except for when you put a lav on somebody and it's a microphone. (laughs) So I think that it is a thing in the South. I don't know if it's to this extent because again, lava leering doesn't actually mean anything. Like I think pinning is supposed to be like, oh, they're going to get engaged like when they graduate. Like it's more like something is coming. 
lava earring. I feel like it's a, it, it's a necklace. It's like a promise ring for a promise ring. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, it goes <laughs> lava, lava earring, then pinning, then engagement. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Did anyone at your sorority get lava leered? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not it a, wasn't thing. a like, thing. I like I said, I think uh, that this is like like a southern. Very southern or like very traditional. Traditional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we're led um, to believe CRU is. Yeah, especially um, it seems like the uh Zeta Beta Zetas are like really into it. Um, but mm, they mean business, dope. that's why their hair is so straight. Exactly. And Casey's like so excited. She like looks looks like she's about to cry tears of joy when she gets those letters. It's such a weird thing for him to do to be like saying all this stuff that doesn't make any sense even with like the lavalier coming at the end. Like what he's saying doesn't make sense with that. He's like, we both deserve better. I know I we've know. like been in a bad place. So this like gold plated necklace necklace is gonna fix it like I'm confused like I don't even get how that adds up at the end also I would take offense to that and then so the next scene we are outside and it's Rusty and Casey um Copy approaches them and says like oh the Cartwrights like you guys would be great at solving mysteries together and like he's very, not wrong <laughs> he's not wrong like I could see it and basically Rusty tells Cappy about Casey's lavalierring and Cappy immediately shifts like his personality um you know he goes from kind of like peppy and upbeat to being like a little upset also yeah. Casey like freaks out because she said it's supposed to be a secret and Rusty was like uh, then why did you tell me and he, she was like yeah why did I tell you <laughs> and a good point. Cappy makes this weird comment he says your kids will be very Aryan which is so such a strange thing to say and also as if her kids with him wouldn't be like either way if Casey's uh, having kids with Evan or Cappy like what a strange comment and what a odd thing to write into the show yeah very odd coming from Cappy um and Cappy shows up dressed like an extra from the Pirates of the Caribbean like his outfit he's wearing like a billowy blouse (laughs) and like full on he has all the jewelry on he's wearing like many many arm cuffs the man loves an accessory. <laughs> Does. Cappy realizes that Casey, you know, everyone's talking as though she's already been lavaliered, but she really hasn't been lavaliered yet until the candle ceremony, which is in two days. Yes. And immediately you can smell a Capitao scheme, a brewing, you know, the wheels are turning. He's doing the math. He's making a timeline. This man will figure out a way. To make whatever he's trying to do happen. Yeah, he's going to stop it. You can just see the scheme forming in his brain. And then from there we cut to the Omega Kai house. And this is the famous introduction of Travis. Um, He is annoying as hell, like immediately. And Ashley's so excited that he's there. But Calvin is getting like terrible vibes from him. As right off the bat. (laughs) As we all are. Because there, he's staying in the Omega Kai house since you can't have boys at, at 
ZBZ. And he also, we get a little glimpse into their backstory, but correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're casually talking about how he and Ashley got together while he was talking to one of her other friends. Yeah, or like her sister or something. Someone who like she accidentally picked the phone up for. Yeah. And then they ended up talking. It's immediately bizarre. And we find out then that they've been dating since high school. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I, I kind of hate that. And it's bad vibes right away. And we get to see that he's also controlling because when he goes upstairs Ashley says to Calvin don't mention how drunk I got at the don't ask don't tell mixer he doesn't like when I drink so much so he's a troll he's just like a walking red flag you know who he looks like too and I just watched this recently Hmm. (laughs) Prince Charming from Shrek 2 oh my god just like him he looks like animated yeah, and I, I did some IMDb stalking, and he is in the most recent season of You. <gasps> With like, Cappy? Yeah, like, they're not, I don't know if they're in any scenes together, but he plays, um, I forget his character's name, but he plays, like, a very similar character. Like, you know how it's, like, Love and Joe have, like, the, there's, like, that other couple mm-hmm. that they, like, end up trapping in their box or whatever in the basement? Spoiler He's the alert. husband in that couple. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So Full I wonder, circle. I do wonder if maybe there is like a showrunner on Greek who like ended up working on you. I'm sh- I mean, like that would make a lot of sense. I feel like. Cause it would make sense. You does kind of feel like it would be on ABC family in its heyday. Totally. Also we start, we get a runner here in this scene of Travis being really bad with names because he's introduced to Calvin and immediately forgets Calvin's name and so like this comes up time and again that Travis just cannot remember other people's names we see no redeeming qualities yet or I don't know what's gonna happen but coming but yeah it's just bad vibes bad vibes bad vibes (laughs) I know and it's almost like it's it's hard to imagine Ashley would like because she is so confident and seems to be very aware of herself in in some situations I don't know it just feels it feels very out of character mm-hmm. for her but also I guess it does kind of open up this vulnerability that we haven't seen with her yet and kind of like regression that I feel like everybody especially in college where you would feel when you would go home or go see your high school friends where you just are kind of in a different mindset and you're not totally like the person that you grew into at college so we kind of see how she still has these this like past life and how she was in that life and the contrast of how much she's grown since coming to see you totally yeah I feel like this happens a lot actually with people like in their early years of college. Like, I feel like I remember people bringing their significant others to, to campus and it just being very weird. And then like a year later, like they, they wouldn't be dating anymore. Or two it's weeks. Another, it's another sex lives of college girls parallel. Oh, you're the right. pilot. Oh my gosh. Oh my Guys. gosh. I didn't think about that. They plagiarize Greek. <laughs> with common experiences (laughs) you heard it here first um but from there we transition to 
Casey's English class, which we then find out Cappy is also in that class, but he, this is only his third time like ever going to it. And it's unclear about, if he dropped. He doesn't yeah. even seem to know if he did or not. <laughs> it's they're learning about the hero's journey, which is, you know, very, very fitting for this episode. It seems to really parallel what Cappy's trying to sort of undergo. Yes, his um, journey. <laughs> yeah. And the teacher is also just like giving it all. Like I was like, is this woman a real teacher? Because she is like so convincing. Like she's doing great. If you mm-hmm. if you know the woman who played the teacher in this episode, tell her she did a great job. Um, but yeah, get her they, on the pod. Get her on the pod. Yeah. Honestly, we would love to talk to her. And it's funny too, because so the teacher like asks, you know, like, can you give an example? of you know a hero and Casey's example is like from Prometheus or something that like very academic sounding and then Cappy says I think like the matrix or yeah something from Star Wars maybe and then the teacher like is like oh well that's actually a really good example (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and it basically is like the prompt for their midterm yeah I'm like what I'm like this seems like the easiest class ever <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you that was every con class I take in college. like I I've written that essay <laughs> about the oh, hero's journey did you write about copy this episode a little like easter egg that we get in here just going back to not really understanding what Cappy's name is <laughs> the teacher calls him Mr. Cappy so at first I was like oh that is his last name but then when we jump to the list of the everybody being paired up for this assignment it's written in quotes his name is written Cappy in quotation so it just <laughs> adds to the confusion <laughs> oh my gosh I, I didn't even like notice he, that I feel like he's ladyburded himself yeah like mm. I you know remember how it was like Christine Ladybird like, mm-hmm. in the movie I feel like he's just given himself that name and like he probably signs up for classes as Cappy and they're like who is this yeah oh so yeah they get assigned um a partner midterm which is um also like that seems they get so many partner projects at CRU it seems, or we actually, maybe this is the first official one and Dale and Russ, you just chose to work together. Oh yeah. Lots of partner work happening. Um, Writing a paper together though sounds really terrible. Like terrible. An awful experience. But it's also just like, everyone knows it's coming. Of course they're going to get partnered together. Mm -hmm. He's so satisfied. Um, You know, he had something to do with it. He's like, he's so excited. He's got yeah. something up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to Rusty and Dale's dorm. So Dale is with someone. I'm forgetting his name. What's the guy's name? It's like Hawthorne or something. Teacher. I wrote it down. Yeah, somewhere. he's a TA. Harville. Harville. <laughs> his name is Harville. <laughs> and Harville is the TA of their physics class, I think. But essentially, Dale has agreed to tutor him um, in exchange for re-virginizing him. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I, okay. I wrote that down and I said, am I understanding that correctly? Because yeah. Granting him a second virginity in exchange. He was a part of Dale's purity pledge brothers, but he strayed. And that's when we find out that the optional study session should not have been optional. 
Yeah, they they were assigned five new chapters at this test review that Rusty skipped for his two-week anniversary with Jen. Yeah, so Rusty's immediately like, wait, oh my gosh, there's new material that I don't know. I have to be the smartest and the best at everything. I must uh, find out what that information is. Um, And then we're back at ZBZ and Casey's bringing this candle to the fireplace. It's really... It, it's decorated like a Valentine's Day box from elementary school. It has like little cutout hearts on it. It's very strange and it's really phallic, honestly. Like there's something <laughs> unsettling about this candle. There really is. Also, if it melted, like I really think that it would burn. Like there's stuff glued to the candle. I think the wax would like burn that. It, it would not end well it's for that giving, candle. It's giving fire hazard for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Casey tells Ashley about the lavalierring, and then we kind of start to get a little bit of a rift in Ashley and Casey's communication, particularly about Travis. Casey kind of tries to kindly tell Ashley that she might be growing apart from Travis, and, you know, that that's okay. And then Ashley kind of quickly throws it back at Casey in kind of a passive-aggressive way, being like, well... Evan's not perfect either. So it's it's kind of just setting a, uh, you know, Ashley also does say that she owes Travis everything. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have gone to CRU without him, which I guess like because CRU is so important to her, I could see why she maybe feels like she owes Travis something. Yeah, there's like backstory we're not quite getting here. Seemingly like, it kind of sounds like Travis was very like, straight laced or like you know like he goes to brown and like maybe he's like studied really hard and he helped ashley or something or like yeah some way he helped like helped to be more serious about school or something that's what i gathered but yeah explain it and then um i think i think ashley also says like i wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for travis yeah she does say that like pure like that is like how do you respond to that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. right she clearly feels like a really big sense of like I don't know like she she feels like she owes Travis so much like she's really tied to him but Casey's trying to explain to her like you do outgrow people you know mm-hmm. just because you have a history doesn't mean that you like need to like stay together because Ashley's like recounting like you know we have all we have distance and all of these like difficulties in our relationship and Casey's like the, you know just because you've gone through all that doesn't mean you should stay together but she's priming herself for Ashley to throw that back in her face and be like yeah you too yeah and we kind of get this moment at the end of the scene where they're you can tell they're both kind of processing where they are in their own relationships like they're both not totally sold but also annoyed at the other person for pointing out that the other one might not be totally sold and then we're outside in the next scene and rusty is sort of chasing the professor um you know kind of saying oh there was new content discussed in the review session that i missed and um the professor is so intense. He's just like, you'll learn the new material or you'll you'll fail the midterm. This is mm-hmm. the same professor we saw in episode two, Hazed and Confused, who one of our Reddit listeners pointed out that he's actually a famous actor. He's a Simpsons voice actor. Okay, he played Homer Simpson. There we go. 
Um, yeah, so then Cappy is in the backyard of the KT house and he's cooking up a storm on the barbecue. And Casey walks in and he tells Casey that he's doing a midterm barbecue. And Casey is mad that like, she doesn't think Cappy's taking the project seriously, but he actually like knows everything about the text that they're supposed to be analyzing. Like he just starts like spitting out all the information. He also like bought an apple pie for them to share. Like he's clearly trying to like, bring back like memories of the two of them so that she feels like nostalgic apparently they used to eat pies in bed so they're many pies they're naming all the different types of pies they ate in bed together which is bad why not a bed food popcorn maybe i don't know you get kernels but like you need a food that you can pick up with your maybe a pretzel Pie is soft pretzel. Yeah, I'm very like anti-food in bed, so I can't say that this scene was like sexy to me at all. Especially a pie. So then, like, we hear more about their kind of backstory, and apparently, they once got arrested for protesting protests, and we just kind of see that like they had this very lighthearted relationship that we do not see her having with Evan. Like, they did kind of like whimsical things. And um, Cappy says something to her and she's like, no, our relationship wasn't bad. We just grew up. And then she takes this like bite of pie off of a plastic fork that Cappy is holding out for her. And it's very, very sexy. It's giving Garden of Eden. <laughs> yes. Uh, the forbidden apple. He's, yes. He's dangling the bite of apple pie in front of her and she bites. And the it's a turning fruit. point. It really is. Like, she's giving Major Eve vibes here. Mm -hmm. And she just can't, she can't say no to the nostalgia. Like, I think Casey did have really good times with Cappy, but for some reason she convinces herself that she's like 45 years old all the time. She's always like, I need to be serious. It's like, we need to grow up. You're a junior in college. You're fine. You're 21. We see Rusty spiraling over the new chapters. I believe they're in the library. It's like a library, like a study area. Mm-hmm. And Jen K is like, well, if you're having so much trouble, like how is everybody else getting by? Because you're, you know, really smart. And then we see Dale and his tutor, who's the uh, TA. And the tutor is like clearly taking Adderall or some kind of study drug. And Dale's like, that's his medicine. He's not, <laughs> it's his medicine. But the guy can't function because he's just like completely crashed. He's taken all the Adderall. He can't, he's like asleep. And Dale's freaking out then too. And at this point also, Rusty, while he's lamenting to Jen, she's like kind of rolling her eyes a little bit and is like, basically everybody crams and will pass and it's fine. And he's saying how he's always been the smartest and he doesn't want to just get by. He wants to learn information and like, he doesn't like that, the cram culture. Well, yeah. And like Rusty's really struggling in this episode of like, oh, I came to college to learn and all we're doing is trying to like get by. But then he almost ends up like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because he's so obsessed with getting the same grades he got in high school that it leads him to doing like the thing he should and when Jen's right like cram maybe you're not going to get the a but like you're going to learn the information as best you can in the time given and like you will be fine but rusty like is a perfectionist as we've seen yeah classic rusty um not listening to Jen not respecting her as he should 
Mm-hmm. And Dale screams in the library, does anybody have drugs? I'm not a narc, <laughs> but I mean, you see Dale screaming in a library asking for drugs, you'd think he was a narc. <laughs> it's character development that he's not narking. True, so true. But also Dale's like out for himself in this episode. He's like, I cannot fail. <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, like one of the only times we see Dale actually out for himself. Yeah. Um. Then back at Dobbler's, there's a band playing that isn't the plain white tees. Yeah. I know. It's Give like the EWTs. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who is this band? And then I looked it up and they're called the Dolly Rots. You looked it up. Yeah. I, I did some research because I was like, wait, maybe they're like actually really famous or something. And then I think they kind of came and went. Like, I think, I mean, there's, <laughs> they sound good, but yeah. It's, um, it's not our, not my resident house band. Definitely not. Maybe the PWTs were booked this this episode. Yeah. So Casey and Cappy are sitting at the bar writing their paper. And with the world's largest laptop. It's huge. And then Travis is like over at a table and he's surrounded by Franny and Ashley. And is anybody else over there? Or is it just three of them? I think oh, Calvin. Calvin is there. Yeah, Calvin is there. Yeah, and they're sitting around this like high top table and Travis is just like, oh my gosh, if you heard this guy talk, you would bang your head against the wall. He's talking shit about the Greek system. Like Franny is clearly like ready to throw hands because he's forgetting more names. Oh, he's, yeah, once again, he's like, sorry, I'm bad with names. Um, He asks Ashley to (laughs) to get him a Pinot Noir at Dobbler's. Both of them notable that he says get to another way he's controlling her yeah uh, as we all know dobblers is only good for beer and lemon drops yeah um, and i was saying like how can you imagine how old this uh, open bottle of sutter home pinot noir under the well like how long has that been sitting there just turning into vinegar vinegar there is, dust, there is dust on that bottle for sure. So she goes up to the bar and like is ordering the Pinot Noir and Casey is just not having it. Like Casey's so disgusted by the whole situation because they can overhear everything Travis is saying. She hears Ashley order the wine. She's like, since when do you like wine? And Ashley's, I mean, I think Ashley's just getting defensive, but she's like, I always liked wine. Like she goes on the spiel about wine tasting and and she walks away and Casey's just saying like she hates who how Ashley acts when Travis is around and she hates Travis and Kathy is like you know you don't hate Travis you hate how he makes Ashley act and he's kind of disguising his comments talking about Ashley and Travis's relationship as Casey and Evan's relationship mm-hmm. she gets really stuck up and snotty and boring and like you get the I mean it's pretty clear that he's also talking about how Casey acts with Evan yeah yeah and he kind of starts droning on like basically about Peter Pan syndrome (laughs) and at this point he also is making it very clear to Casey that he plans to win her back Mm -hmm. it's not like explicitly said but it basically is said he kind of divulges that there is a plan in motion. Travis is still at the table talking, talking, talking. He's like saying all this stuff about Greek life still and how like it's built on traditions that like nobody even knows what they're about. And Kathy just starts speaking Latin. 
like out of nowhere. Casey's trying to leave. She's like, I can't listen to this guy anymore. I'm sick of his voice. And as she gets up, Cappy starts to speak Latin to uh, Travis. I keep wanting to call him Brandon because he really does have a Brandon essence. And I guess he was, this is a Cappy major alert. He was a Latin major, we find out at one point. And he's talking to Travis and Travis is talking back to him and they're having this conversation in Latin. Cappy clearly doesn't know Latin very well, but he's kind of just saying like random stuff. And the fact that he's even doing it is enough to like humiliate Travis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't emphasize enough like how weirdly tense Travis had been making it. We're like, this is what it all comes to a head. Yeah. And it yeah. was getting to the point that it was so unpleasant that Ashley suggested that they start talking about politics instead of the pseudo pageantry of Greek life. Yeah, I do not want to know Travis's politics, but it's very clear that like he's just pissing everybody off and he takes everything so seriously. Like even when Cappy approaches him, like speaking Latin, like he's joking. He's saying how much wood would a woodchuck chuck in Latin? Like he's like having fun with it. And Travis is just so on his high horse and he takes everything as a threat. And so when like the conversation ends, like I think Cappy is like, okay, now you owe everyone around. And instead of just taking it in stride and like joking or laughing it off, he's like relieving Dash. Oh yeah, he's he has like the worst kind of personality. Mm-hmm. He really like he's giving Evan episode one vibes, but times a thousand. Like this guy has yeah. nothing redeeming about him. Yeah, but yeah. absent of ever wanting to have fun. exactly Mm -hmm. so Casey like finds Rusty on a bench in the middle of nowhere in this school and he's asleep he's asleep she brings him a coffee and wakes him up and he's reeking out he's like I only allotted I think he said like 30 minutes for napping he's been asleep for three hours he's feeling really jaded about like just I think the idea of midterms in general and he's like you know this is just everybody's just getting by um it's just four years is just, uh, our college is just four year, a four year course in getting by is what he says. And it's, I mean, that's true, but it also, yeah. he's just, I guess, realizing this, you know, he's so earnest that I think when he has his bubble burst a little bit, he goes in like the complete opposite direction every time. Like it's so black and white to Rusty still everything. So um, Casey's telling him again, like, this is very much giving me throwbacks to the first episode. She's like, it's not as simple as you want it to be. You know, she's talking to him about like, he's trying to decide whether or not he's going to cheat basically. And I think he just wants Casey to tell him it's okay. And she's not going to do that. But also she's kind of saying to him, like, it's not as clear cut as you're trying to make it. Yeah. And they're kind of having one of their famous like conversations about the same thing, but like kind of just also like pushing out their own problems on each other. Yeah. She's clearly talking about Cappy when she's saying it's not as simple as you want to make it. Someone could come in and he's like someone. So she's clearly talking about like Cappy complicating her relationship and he's talking about this class but it ends and you just see that Rusty is very frustrated so he goes to Cappy and he is asking for help this time whereas the last time with this problem set you know he didn't ask so he goes and asks Cappy to help him and he says he's willing to do anything but obviously the Capitals don't have 
polymer science or physics tests. So Cappy, who's now fully reenacting the matrix, has in his hand a blue jelly bean or a piece of crumpled up paper with <laughs> what we assume is someone to help him cheat. And he's even and, wearing the matrix sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. So Rusty picks the piece of paper and it has like a phone number on it. And then Casey and Evan are walking like by their coffee cart. And I guess with the it's the quad of CRU kind of thing. And um, Casey's telling Evan about the project. And she's like kind of surprised by Cappy. She's saying he's actually a lot more motivated than usual. I mean, Casey clearly isn't super aware of what Cappy's like planning or if she is, she's not telling Evan. And this is just like Evan starts just shitting on Cappy. And Casey joins in too, which I did not Uh, love. Hello. Evan says that Cappy is going to be the president of KT forever. And Casey says maybe he'll be the president of a sandals resort. But it's kind of spot on. I think he would be good at that job. Like I don't even think it's negative. I don't think that that's a bad job. That sounds White yeah. Lotus season two. Yeah, I do think she almost, yeah, I think she says it almost in a way that's like not negative, but then Evan spins it in a way that's like, ha, that would be a joke. And once again, like Evan, and we see kind of where Casey's getting her like need to be serious from or how she's like, this is about the future and it's time to grow up and all this stuff. And it's clear that she's getting that from Evan because he's talking about like how he plans to go to Harvard Law School and like that's his plan for the future and he wants her in it and all this stuff and she's kind of like nodding yes in agreement like she wants to be a serious person too. But the juxtaposition of him saying this while in the same conversation giving a shoddy at best Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure impression. <laughs> Did yes. you guys catch that? Yes. It's, it's it a Keanu from, Reeves heavy episode. It is. It goes from that in the beginning of the conversation to the end of him being like, I want to be a Harvard Law School graduate. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah, it's very like Warner from Legally Blonde. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So Casey feels that she really has to be serious. And then back at ZBZ, it's like an officer's meeting for ZBZ. So it's pretty much everyone who has positions, I would guess. And Franny brings up Travis to Ashley and says that she needs to dump him. And I agree with Franny. I know, but the the way she phrases it, she goes, he isn't exactly quality glue. You need yeah. to dump him. It's Yikes. pretty... It's pretty intense. And she's like, well, you know, she keeps saying, we'll just set you up with someone else basically. And she's like, he's cute, but he's, his personality is terrible. It's not even an Ivy league Brown. Like, so she just is ripping Travis to shreds. Franny says everybody lied and no one actually likes him. And Casey is just like staring at the table. Won't make eye contact with Ashley. And uh, Franny says his completely ass-like qualities outweigh his non-ass ones. (laughs) (laughs) And she has physical copies of profiles of men that Ashley could date. Yeah. (laughs) That they would approve of. Eligible Um, bachelors. And then Ashley like asks Casey, is this how we really feel? And Casey says, yeah, that Ashley deserves better than Travis. And I just... 
I don't think Casey's wrong. She handled it poorly and she should have never thrown Ashton under the bus in front of all those people. No. And also like, I mean, Franny, you know, we haven't seen the best of her yet, but I do appreciate how, how direct she's being here. I mean, Franny yeah. has her own interests. She's doing it in the name of the sorority because apparently everyone's personal relationships somehow affect like the, the branding of ZBZ. So her, it's the same as how she was like forcing Casey to stay with Evan. But at the same time, like Casey, you know, you can have your friends back in public and then talk to her in private about the situation. Yeah. Casey's really conflicted this episode. She's having a hard time, I think, deciding like who she is. Right. Yeah. I also will say... Franny did have to endure being around him and Travis was kind of outwardly aggressive to her about Mm -hmm. what is her entire life and just shitting on all of it. So yes, it's in the interest of the sorority, but also I think it's kind of within bounds to be like, I don't like your boyfriend. I, I think you should date or you should dump him, but not ordering it at a meeting. and a sorority Franny's approach is always questionable but she did have to endure his absolutely heinous personality for god knows how long Mm. so Rusty is in his dorm room and he's like clearly contemplating whether or not to cheat and he's looking around and he sees all of Dale's religious paraphernalia he sees like these praying hands there's a cross And ultimately he decides he's going to call the number on the note that Cappy gave him. And he calls and it's very like professional. It says CRU answer center. And it's like a a voice prompt and you click through to find uh, the test that you're looking for. And he finds his physics test and orders it. Um, Then we go right back to ZBZ where the candle passing has started. It's spooktacular. It is. It's in the same foyer where just in our same living room where just an episode before Virginia made her big comeback. I know. She's definitely with them. Oh, yeah. The vibes are weird for sure. So I guess two times are past the candle. It means that the person is being lavaliered and no one knows who's being lavaliered. So it's revealed whenever that person blows out the candle. We know it's them. Um, and they're singing a really creepy song very it's giving yeah. like little kids singing like a, a what are those songs called the camp like, Okinawa. <laughs> oh yeah camp o- <laughs> um but like in the woods yeah you know at yeah night. it's also just franny singing which is weird and all the other girls are just humming oh the humming yeah, and Franny is, I mean, she has a, like a nice voice, but it is like very breathy and airy and airy. <laughs> yeah, adults shouldn't hum. Um, <laughs> so the candle's going around and Ashley's using this time to confront Casey. Both of them have terrible timing in this episode, but she can't hold it in. And the candle's going around and Ashley's just like, why did you have to throw me under the bus? Why did you have to do it like that? And Casey says, you know, I, I try to talk to you privately, but, you know, we all really hate Travis, whatever. And the candle gets her a second time. And Ashley is kind of confronting Casey about her own relationship. Once again, she's holding the mirror up to her and Evan. And she's like, well, if you're so sure about Evan, why haven't you blown out the candle yet? And we see that, like, she's been holding it for a very elongated period of time. 
And then Casey blows out the candle in a very like, just the lightest of breaths, just a little, whew, <laughs> and then it goes yeah. out. Like she's, she's not sure about that. It's a hesitant one. Mm -hmm. So then in their room, Casey confronts Ashley and she's basically, again, telling her to break up with Travis. Um, she says she agrees with Franny, but she's not doing it for the same reasons as Franny. Uh, she, you know, she really wants what's best for Ashley, she says, but Ashley said that she loves Travis and Casey throws it back. Sometimes you can outgrow the person you love. This is a conversation of pure projection on all parts. And Ashley ends it with saying like true friends support their friends. And Casey just disagrees. She feels that it's supposed to be, you know, a relationship of telling one another the truth. Mm -hmm. And Casey is a little harsh here, even though I am on her side, but she says that when you're around Travis, you turn from fun, interesting Ashley to boring Ashley and you disappear. And I think in an already sensitive conversation, telling your friend that she gets boring is not disappears. very kind. We have to remember too, like there's a fundamental like disconnect between the two communicating right now but also I think they genuinely view it differently like when Casey had this problem with Evan when he cheated on her Ashley at first was mad and you know wasn't being nice to Evan but once she saw that Casey genuinely wanted to get back together with him she was fully back on the Evan train she never questioned it again she was always nice to him she even gave him advice like so that is Ashley's take on like what a friend is supposed to do for their friend, like having relationship problems. And Casey doesn't agree, even though that was done for her. Ultimately, I think I would react in the Casey type of way. What Ashley's asking is what she's shown she wants in a friendship. Yes, yeah, totally. And she runs out and just kind of leaves Casey behind. Mm -hmm. And then we get back to Dale and Rusty's dorm and Dale, we have to assume he's had 12 to 24 Red Bulls at this point. His <laughs> resting heart rate is 145. Um, and then he immediately crashes <laughs> and he's out of commission. He goes, my resting heartbeat is only 145. That's, that's normal. And Rusty goes, for a hummingbird. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a knock at the door and Rusty slips a wad of cash under the door and he gets the package from the mystery caller, the CRU midterm hotline. And he dumps it out on his bed. And at first he thinks that he got duped. He it's, it's just candy bars. And then he looks closer and he sees that all of the formulas are written in the ingredients section. So he's kind of looking at it and he's just like, you know, mulling it over thinking, right. Is he going to use it? Is he not? And then uh, we're back at the Mega Kai house and Travis is packing up. He's whining because he can't find his aviators uh. and Calvin is just so excited to see him go like he's helping him pack he's like get this guy out of here and he Travis yet again forgets Calvin's name which is just like come on and so then Ashley says to Calvin like 
be honest with me. What do you think of Travis kind of trying to feel it out, see if it's just the ZBZs, if Franny has this power over everybody, or does everyone actually hate Travis? And Calvin at first goes, he's not my type, which, you know, is a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink to the audience. But then he says, the only thing that matters is that Ashley what Ashley wants. And he says, you love who you want to love. And if that's a problem, keep your private life private. So there's a lot of double meaning going on here. It's good advice. And it also makes sense coming from Calvin, who is keeping his private life private right now with who he's choosing to love because he doesn't want any outside influence really. And he's just like such a great friend to Ashley. Calvin is just, he isn't perfect in all of his other relationships but he really comes into his own in his relationship with Ashley like I find their dynamic to be really caring and like comes from a really loving place like 100% of the time he's being the friend that like she's looking for right now like that's the advice she wanted like he he's not lying to her he's not saying like he fully supports the relationship or anything but He's doing what she was asking of Casey, which is just to say, like, do what makes you happy and I'll support you either way. Yeah. And meanwhile, Travis is still looking for his aviators downstairs. Uh, uh, Yeah. (laughs) best. Brandon. Brandon. Get out of here, Brandon. (laughs) Leave. (laughs) It's kind of funny, though, that we're getting his name wrong. Like, I know he's a fictional character. Yeah. It's like kind of nice. It's like weirdly satisfying that we don't remember his name. It is fitting the man who can not remember anyone's name. <laughs> He's getting called the wrong name. Wow. Kiss me. We're, we're getting too into this podcast. <laughs> into we're, this show. We fully assimilated our brains and we just uploaded into the Greek sphere. <laughs> um, so then we see Rusty in the testing room. And he's, he seems like he's struggling a little bit and he does ultimately pull out the cheating candy bar in the test room. This would get you caught. You I know. Have, like it's The candy bar is huge. I mean, it is. I know. It would be so <laughs> obvious. Yeah. I really thought that that was going to be a plot point that he was going to get caught. Get caught. Yeah. It's so blatant. 100%. Yeah. Because you can't have anything. Like I remember people would have like water bottles on their desk and they would have to take anything that you could write an answer on you can't have on your desk especially like a teacher like this that's proctoring the test so aggressively like move them to a bigger room with more space like you would not be able to have anything if anything you'd be better off sorry I'm going to give you a little advice on how to cheat Rusty take the wrapper off the paper and lay it flat on the desk and put your paper on top of it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You have a big honking king-size candy bar. That he's not even eating. No, you're just admiring. At least nibble at it. (laughs) Or maybe just have it like open, like have your bag on the ground, have a candy bar facing up. Like there were other ways you could be more subtle about this. This is cheating advice from the ABCs of Greek podcast. (laughs) If anybody out there has better cheating advice for current college students drop it in the review section with five stars (laughs) rusty have cheated rate review subscribe leave your advice for rusty (laughs) yes please so anyway now we get back to the capital house and casey and cappy are writing the paper on cappy's bed which is just playing with fire at this point casey 
we she's subconsciously made up her mind and Cappy is saying they make a great team because they finished the paper and Casey seems to be very pleased with the way that it turns out and Casey says do we and then immediate lip locking going on immediately yeah just like and Casey kind of is like a bit of the instigator in this it looks like it went a lot better than the destiny Kathy kiss. I'll give, I'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. True. She didn't, the spell wasn't immediately broken. If um, anything, she's like kind of immediately all in. Like she's like, I know. whoa, like sh- she's, it's changes everything for Casey. Like you see her being like, okay, I choose Kathy. Like the kiss is like her choosing for five seconds and then (laughs) Cappy starts saying how he bribed the teacher to pair them together and for some reason this totally sets Casey off and she is spiraling and she says I have a boyfriend I can't believe I was gonna give all that up for quote another one of your jokes which is just like it wasn't a joke he was just kind of saying like means to an end I bribed the teacher so we would have this opportunity like it's not really a joke no she says maybe this is fate like she thinks it was fate they got paired up together she goes maybe Ooh, that's fate. right and Kathy goes about fate I bribed the TA with like two like 12 packs or something yeah so I, think, I think Casey is just like Rusty was looking for like signs to cheat Casey yeah. is looking for signs to cheat And I feel like she wanted it to be like, oh, everyone's nudging you. Everything's nudging you in the direction of Cappy. Like you should choose him. Yeah. I mean, I'm not team Evan, but like. Yeah, it is. It's weird. I think she was almost being like, well, if fate decided this, it Mm -hmm. would take away like the part of this that is actually cheating and like my responsibility in it. Totally. And so then Casey, she's like getting up to leave and Cappy's following her. And she says, I can't go back to the way it was. And she says, I know where I want to be in 10 years. Do you know where you want to be? And he says, I want to be with you. And it's cute. He's a, little, he's a little puppy in that moment. I know. He's it's really, really sweet and vulnerable and like nice. And I know I've been hating on Cappy a little these past few episodes. But the, this, the back half of this episode, I'm back on the Cappy train. Yeah. It just shows that when it comes to Casey, like Cappy is very serious and he is, he is respectful and like all the things that like are, might be problematic about her, like about him, he really puts aside when it comes to her, which isn't, you know, great in the real world, but in the Greek universe. In the Greek universe. And why is it so important that he knows where he's going to be in 10 years? This is Evan just chirping in the back of her brain. It's not important. Nobody knows where they're going to be in 10 years. No, and she does this thing where she does this with Ashley and Cappy is right. Like she becomes a less fun version of herself. And she also just regurgitates the things that like Evan tells her she's done it in other episodes. She's doing it again. Like she kind of toes the line for Evan in her other relationships with people for no reason like he's not around he's not hearing you say this like Mm -hmm. but she feels again it's very important for her to be serious right away yeah junior and like 10 years from now even if he went to harvard law which you know (laughs) would be amazing and prestigious or whatever like he still wouldn't have like that amazing of a job yet like he would be what 31 like 
you don't just become a partner at a law firm because you have a Harvard law degree. But if you're a Chambers of the Chambers Foundation, oh, that's you might. <laughs> Chambers International. Yeah. Oh my We're gosh. forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> the caliber. Oh. The caliber of the dynasty. I almost forgot. If this nothing else, dynasty. we know in 10 years, he will have a trust fund. So. He could just take over the family business and pretty yeah. much do no work. Well, they might need a lawyer. That's true. So then Jen K walks into Rusty's dorm and he's on his high horse about wanting to have learned and he can't believe he cheated. He's admitting it to her and he's just kind of like spiraling out about the whole thing where it's like, all right, I get where you're coming from, but also what's done is done. You decided to cheat and you, you can your still bad. Yeah, in it. and be better. Don't go on a two week anniversary dinner date next time there's a review session well jen comes in so excited because she wants to try a new swedish indian food fusion restaurant oh, oh my stomach right. hurts thinking it about has that. the best curried meatballs in ohio <laughs> and also dale is just passed out during this entire thing he's literally laying face down on the bed he's so exhausted i don't want to see dale during finals week if midterms took him out this much like this guy cannot handle the stress. For freshman year? <laughs> Seriously. But we know how everything is predicated on that one class, though. Right. Remember? And when time. he thought that he was going to be kicked out. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. This convo becomes like an, an ABC family slash Disney PSA for cheating. Yeah. Like he literally says, I cheated the school and I cheated myself. Again, it's giving a call back to the secret life of the American teenager <laughs> when totally. she said, I had sex and now my dad's dead. Because <laughs> <laughs> having the worst, the worst things you can do um, is have sex and also cheat on an exam. The hardest lessons learned through just benign events in your life. Um, <laughs> that's the ABC family way. <laughs> um, and now we're back at the ZBZ house and Ashley is having a sit down conversation with Franny um, about how she dumped Travis and she says you're on to bigger and better things and she's asking where their tears and she's saying there were a few and the, just the fact that they, they're having this like formal conversation on a couch like Ashley's reporting to Franny um, is just so toxic culture and Casey walks in on this and sees what's going on um but then Ashley just totally ignores Casey as she walks away from the combo with Franny um and then immediately Casey is looking at her phone and she's almost about to call Cappy but then in the distance we hear the rumblings of another creepy Greek life song and it's the Omega Kai showing up to the ZBZ house singing, presumably oh, approaching for the lavalierine. Oh, is that what that was for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, why are they singing? Yeah. Not how I would want to be wooed. No, 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 no. By a bunch of strange men who I don't know. It's like coming to my lawn, I know, but worse because not as good vocals. Did they get, <laughs> did Glee also plagiarize from Greek? I think, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan Murphy. 
Ryan, we'd love to have you on the pod. Brad Falchuk, hello. You're welcome anytime. We are Glee, we are Glee stands. So um, if any Glee listeners are out there, don't um, give us a bad review. Yeah, this is a safe space. So, <laughs> And then we also see um, that Rusty and Jen Kay are in the library or the study room now. Um, and she's helping him actually learn the information. So that's kind of like alleviating some of his guilt. I think she has found a solution, walked him through it and is like, okay, let's go learn this. She's a great girlfriend, two weeks in her, in the relationship and already changing this boy's life. Yeah. She's literally just like watching him. Like I was like, this scene is so awkward. He's just like doing his homework and she's just like sitting there smiling at him. Yeah. Jen. She's giving up her curry and meatballs for him. I thought you were going to say she's giving up her career. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She is also giving up her career for this. She is. (laughs) She could have been a food critic of like fun cuisines. Oh, man. Well, maybe the reboot. (laughs) The reboot. Honestly, that would be a really good idea for the reboot. It would be. So niche. (laughs) Give us a five-star rating with your comment if you think that (laughs) in the reboot, Jen K should um, be a food fusion reviewer then ashley walks into dobbler's and we see her approach calvin and she admits that she's keeping her private life private and she is actually still with travis so she lied and calvin is saying how um like well what are you gonna do with like formals and mixers and things that you need to have dates to and then she's saying or is it how is he asking her that or just saying that she's like yeah like it's fine for now but what happens when I have to bring a date to stuff right and then Calvin volunteers himself and then offers to be her beard yeah she says oh you'll beard for me and then I wondered she doesn't know yet right no she doesn't know oh so she just Uh... said that I think she's maybe just like, maybe uh, or maybe she has an idea. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Keen like on to people, other, reading other people. But I assumed when she said that, that she knew, but, and I missed no. something, but apparently not. No, she doesn't know. Plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's just a bit, uh, a little bit of dramatic irony that they're sprinkling in there. Mm. That's oh, how that's I read true. the situation. <laughs> yeah, there is, I mean, based on all the other episodes where they just like, are like, how can we mention that Calvin is gay without actually mentioning it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like when Evan says, what can two guys do alone in the F- empty house in the episode before like okay then she calls Travis and she leaves him a voicemail and she says like I know you're on the plane but I can't wait to see you next month and that she still loves him not still she doesn't say still because obviously he doesn't know that she ever considered leaving him in the name of Miss President Franny but so yeah still very much in this relationship so now we have the a whole group of cavatows are walking home from a group movie date and they pass the ZBZ lawn and Kate or Cappy sees Casey getting lava leered by Evan in the yard. And it is hard to stomach. It's really sad. I like this, this tugs at the heartstrings. It's gut wrenching. And as they're walking back from the movie, Cappy is like telling Beaver, you know, 
you always know the end of the movies, but it's because the good guy always wins and that's what it's all about. Good triumphing over evil. Mm-hmm. And they walk in on that scene. Yeah, and, and they catch eyes. Casey, when she's hu- hugging Evan, she sees Cappy um, and he just kind of like, he has a drink from the movies and he kind of like cheers is to her a little bit and it's just like it's it's sad sad. but it's also like this isn't binding it's not the end of the world it really wasn't yeah a unbreakable milestone I know like the girl is engaged to be wed and also like when she's getting lavaliered Evan says I love you and she's like I love you and he's so earnest about it actually this is the first time I've believed that Evan actually loves Casey and it's yeah at that point I was like this is so messed up like of Casey she's really like putting both of these guys like she has no respect for them right now like she's not respecting them she's not being like a good friend a good girlfriend like she is just really looking out for herself and letting her own you know her questioning of her life choices really impact Mm -hmm. these other people when it's like you see maybe you should just be alone right now well, I was also thinking that even when she was talking to Evan about how Cappy kind of was turning it over a new leaf mm-hmm. and, you know, he still knows that she cheated on him yeah. with Cappy. Yeah. And if Evan were paired up with Rebecca doing a project oh. and Evan was like musing about how Rebecca is like so mature and like bringing so much to the project, it would be like, mm-hmm. just save it. Just keep it to yourself. You don't need to tell each other about that. And yeah. she is doing it anyway. She doesn't tell Evan that she kissed Cappy. I mean, she's really not being the Casey. The 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 Cartwrights typically have a, you know, moral, moral compass. compass that's pointing due north. And in this instance, both of them, I mean, at least Rusty's trying to rectify it by the end. But Casey, I mean, she's doubled down. Yeah. yeah. Is she our loser for the episode? Oh, easily. Yeah. My loser, unfortunately, is Ashley, just because I think that she really got pummeled from every angle. It's not that she behaved poorly. I'm just like, that's my clear loser. She had a rough go at it this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Travis, honestly, he is such yeah. a loser. He really is. I'm going to go with the controversial winner. Franny? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you are putting her as your winner because I was debating if I should have her as my winner, but I'll, I'll let you take the reins on that one. I just loved her face when they're in Dobblers and he is droning, Travis is droning on about all the reasons he hates Greek life. And like, I've made that face. Mm -hmm. Like Franny wanted to strangle him and I thought it was funny. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's not a good person, but she was fun to watch in this episode. And I kind of liked her using her powers of evil slightly for good yeah Yeah. her hair also looks really good in this episode did you guys catch that snaps for the hairstylist thomas who who was your loser was it also uh casey i would say honestly a mix of casey and travis Mm -hmm. um i think i just feel pity for ashley but i do agree she's like kind of also a loser here i think i think my winner is probably calvin i just think Mm -hmm. he's been such a good friend to ashley and um Mm -hmm. He's just like so consistent, you know. I feel like he's mm-hmm. honestly a lot more mature than 
a lot of the other characters right now. And I think Casey probably should have also gone to him for some advice. My winner is Cappy because I think he was just like really, he put all the chips on the table. He was like, this is me. This, these are my intentions. This is what I want in 10 years. I want to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. He was nothing but communicative. Okay, I was randomly on the IMDb for this episode and Tati Westbrook, do you know her, the YouTuber? Oh, the one who I know her from, she weighed in on the uh, James Charles thing or. Yeah, yeah that was probably her. Right? So apparently she was in like 10 episodes of Greek as one of the Zeta Beta Zetas and she's in oh my this gosh. episode. Oh, we have to keep an eye out for her. Honestly, would love to have her on the pod. Yeah. All right. Well. Thanks for joining Thanks for us. Joining us on, on this bond drop down memory lane. Oh, smooth as butter. Nice. <laughs> you guys next week. Rate, review, subscribe. Bye. Bye.